Andrew Wiggins doesn't want to get the COVID vaccine. His feelings have changed a lot since he was with Minnesota. It's never good when, you know, you miss shots. Welcome to episode 156 of Wolves Cast, the show that features one host who is blocked on Twitter by Woj. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Woj, please unblock me. It was it was a long time ago. Who knew the longevity of Woj and Twitter? It used to be during the David Kahn era. I don't know who threw the first stone there, but Kahn and Woj hated each other. I'm going to blame Kahn. You know, he's an idiot. It's probably all his fault. But Woj was really, you know, writing all these pieces about how Kevin Love wants out of Minnesota, really digging in on, just to, like, humiliate Kahn. And I was, you know, I was a young man then, and I was less careful about what I said on the internet. I might have tweeted something, or even retweeted something nasty about one of Woj's reports, about him just being like, because he reported so many Kevin Love trades that did not happen. He was like, for like two years before Kevin Love got traded, it was, oh, Kevin Love wants out. Kevin Love going to the Sixers? Kevin, you know, like, Woj was always reporting stuff. So I, so what was it? Do you know the, do you know I, the tweet I that don't got know. you banned? I don't remember the tweet that got oh, me banned, but oh. it's it just stinks because now I'm a different man. I'm a grown man. It's like been 10 years, and Woj is more prominent than ever. So I, I'm really, you know, cheering for Shams to replace Woj. Like, I, I, think I just he, need I, a Woj erasure in my life. I think he had a lot more of the scoops uh, from uh, today's trade deadline madness. Uh, I think I saw the counter was like 11 to 6 in I just favor can't of Sham. Wait. So, yeah. I just can't wait till we can cancel Woj. I don't know what's going to be. Like, he's going to say something uh, bigoted on a Twitch stream, or if, is he going to, you know, we're going to find out that he mistreated some employees or sources or something. But let's just get Woj canceled because let's make it Shams. It's so annoying to be scrolling through my Twitter feed, and everyone always quotes tweets Woj with like, whoa, or bombs, or like, I can't believe this. No one ever re, re, you know, re, says what those tweets meant. So every time I see it, I have to log into the Wolvescast Twitter account and then see what's happening. It's real annoying. So uh, let's let's do something about this Woj problem, you guys. Yeah, if you guys know Woj, just let him know that uh, Scott's okay. And um, you can uh, you can go ahead and unblock because, uh, you know, you're just a different person now. I know. And uh, it's more more appropriate for you to, to get back in Woj's good graces. But, uh, but yeah, welcome to Wolvescast, everybody. That is what I'd say. I'd yeah, hey, exactly. Man. I'm sorry. Here's the thing. Gotta here's apologize. my. Here's your phone. Can you please just click this on block button, please? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have uh, no trades uh, to announce, really. So you know, we got a bunch of other shocking stuff to talk about here on Wolves Cast. Though you know, it's hard. It's uh, it's it's nice that the trade deadline, uh, you know, expires before we record this program. But um, you know, I'm just waiting for just like, gotta wait. A or not AP John Krasinski, the Athletics John Krasinski. I'm just waiting for that tweet yeah. that's like. Uh, reports say that uh, Gupta and Rosa slept in. Our alarm clock didn't work today. It was an accident. You know, yeah. Overslept the trade deadline. There's just going to be something there because I, I I did not know that Rosa's had it in him to watch a trade deadline come and go and not make a trade. Yeah, we just found out what it feels like to not have any action over the last few years. There's there's been lots, but uh, and we're going to talk about that in this this game on this oh, week's episode. Nice, nice, nice. But yeah. first, let's take a look at what we got coming up. We've got yeah. uh, you know we're going to recap the week briefly. We've got full court press. We're going to be talking about fans coming back to the Target Center, how we're going to be watching the Timberwolves on TV. And then I'm going to put on my baseball cap and talk to you about (laughs) cheering for this year's Minnesota Twins through the eyes of a Timberwolves fan. 
Of course, we're going to do Better Know an Old School Wolf. That's Ooh. a uh, you know a segment that we like to bust out, teach you your history. We're going to learn about uh, one of the best shooting guards in Wolf's history. I'll wait and let you find out his name Ooh. later. And of course, we're going to have Weekly Wolfies. Got to have the Weekly Wolfies because it's Gots a new week. Got to do it. Mm-hmm. All right, week recap. Let's start there. We got four games to talk about, Scott. And uh, one of them was a win. It's the first game we're talking about here. We had back-to-back uh, games in Phoenix last Thursday and Phoenix, Friday. One of the hottest teams in the NBA Ooh. for the past few months. They are up to like third in the West, I believe, or second yeah, in the West. Yeah, I think they're like second in net rating. So, yeah. They're top 10 in offense and defense. Really just been on a ter- or like a terrific chair, terrific run. Yeah. And then I don't know what it's like to be a Phoenix fan, to like watch your team be cruising. You're like cheering for every win. How many yeah. wins can we get this season? And you see them drop one to the terrible, ah. lowly. Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine, you know, that's 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 hard to see. You know, it's never you know, it's never fun uh when the you know, the worst team in the league comes into your building and uh beats you. But at the same time, you know, for Suns fans and they've had uh, they've had some tough years, you know, lots of years yes. right down there at the bottom along with the Wolves and so, you know, they're having their they're having their uh, good year right now. So I'm sure they can overlook that a little bit. They have so many wins this year, so I feel very happy for Suns, you know, because yeah. like it's one of those things that I've realized, like, the Suns have never gone to the playoffs the entire time they've had Booker. So right. it's kind of like a similar situation we were in with Cat and stuff, where it's like, you know, I'm glad they're going to break that, because they have not gone to the playoffs in many years. So I'm, I'm happy for them. But yeah. it's an interesting game. Obviously, the headline is Edwards scored 42 points, Town scored 41 points. Wow. Uh, the next highest scorer on the team was Wancho with 14 only four Timberwolves players were in double digits. Nas had 10. So it was really nobody on the team was doing anything except for offensively, except for Towns and Edwards the entire game. So the Anthony Edwards show. Very much is. Very much was, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was awesome to see. You know, really one of the more one of the more enjoyable, like exciting, like joyful Timberwolves games of the year, I'd have to say. You know, playing well against a good team and uh, you know, having having Carl and Ant uh, look great together. You know, lots of people think that they're the they're the players that the team should uh, be building around and so to have them both pop for forty was was great. We had some we had some good uh just some good plays. I don't know, was this game where we had a good uh good ant dunk as well? I mean there's you know usually one per game at yeah, this point. But like, I, yeah, well, I, think I think there so. was uh you know a couple really really great dunks in this game from ant and um yeah yeah just really really fun to see and once again ant doing it in crunch time of a game that we're still in you know in clutch because it was final score 123 119 you know it wasn't like we got to a lead and we're able to nurse it we were fighting and in it all the way to the end yeah, really, really good game. Uh, Booker was great for Phoenix in this one. And, um, yeah, it was just, just a really, really fun game to watch. They had the trick play sort of at the very end of the game to seal it with that, like, alley-oop, uh, out-of-bounds alley-oop for Wancho. Or it was just like, I don't know. I guess it was just – I call it a trick play because it was just, like, misdirection. It was just like, no, we're not going to try and get the ball to Towns here. Right. We're actually – it's just like just spin-out play. And then all of a sudden, Wancho was just wide open. So crazy to see. And that, like, sealed the game. So uh, I logged into the Discord of my buddies after the game excited to check out yeah. the you know what kind of chat they were talking about during that I watched the game on delay as I normally do they had renamed the, the Timberwolves talk channel to Wancho Hernan Gomez fan club so <laughs> despite the two 40 point efforts Wancho yeah. getting a little bit of love too like I said third leading scorer on the team with 14 points that night Wancho getting some getting some burn doing some stuff with it been playing a lot in the Chris Finch era it'll be interesting to see now that the trade deadline's gone are they going to play him anymore they're going to be like ah oh, we were just trying to get him offloaded right. so you know 
it'll be interesting to see how rotations pump, change or pump. if they did change. I mean, yeah. they will be changing. I mean, Malik Beasley is going to be back this weekend. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a, it'll be lots of change coming to the Wolves. But before we leave this game, Scott, we have to mention the purple versus uh, uh, green <laughs> uniforms in this oh, one. Yeah. Just a trippy uh, combination here it's on the floor. Super villain colors, as uh-huh. uh, Spider Man has pointed out. That true, most of the time, true. the combo of purple and green, which is a good combo. Uh, those are goblin, two colors that the go goblin, well together. Like wears that. Yeah, right? green goblin green wears goblin, it. Yeah. Prowler wears it. There's a lot of yeah. villainous people. Mysterio, purple and green. It's the super villain colors. So but, uh, quickly, Sky, you have opinions about the state of purple in the league. You're yeah, North, Northwestern you know, Wildcat. Purple's your favorite color. Uh, you really like the purple in the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, Hornets. Um, have got a good scheme, purple. Where, I like where the, the sun, Where's the Suns land? Somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I think they have too much blue in okay, their purple. A it, too cool. It, you know, usually yeah, it, you err on the side of too much red, too warm. much blue. You know, yeah. and. Like the the Timberwolves Prince jerseys, they were really leaning on the red end. Those were kind of a pinkish purple. Yeah. Whereas the Suns, it's almost a blue. It kind of reminds me of the Game Boy Color uh, grape edition because everyone growing up was like, <laughs> it's a purple. And I was like, it's blue. And so, you know, it's one of those things where the shades are so close together, you can't really tell. So I'd prefer just a little bit more red in there, but not everyone can have the perfect purple. I understand. There you go. Um, all right, Wolves uh, go uh, next night, uh, like we said, Friday night, uh, playing again in Phoenix and lose 101 to 113 uh, in this game. You know, this is how the the back-to-backs, I think, league-wide have kind of been going, right? The split is generally what's going to happen. Uh, you know, a little bit of a yo-yo or seesaw effect here. And... Um, you know this game was was very very different uh you know with uh you know you have it uh, you have it here as uh, aka uh, ant gets scouted so yeah big big difference between uh, his first game against phoenix and his second one ant had 11 points on 4 of 18 shooting yo but he did have a career high i believe in rebounds he had 10 rebounds right, and a career right. high in assists in there six you go. assists yeah so had to find some other way to earn his minutes yeah this was uh the ricky rubio revenge game Oh, yeah. He had 21 points, uh, five rebounds, 10 assists, seven of 10 shooting, three of six from three-point line. That's a, hey, I know you got Chris Paul now, but remember me. Remember me. I know you guys. Yeah. This was a sloppy game. Lots and lots of turnovers in this one and foul trouble and stuff like that. Eaton had foul trouble, which really was a big wrinkle in the second half. But this game was about, for me, this game was about the depth of Phoenix really showing through uh, here. That's another reason. Their defense is a, is a big reason why they're good this year, and then their depth as well. Langston mm-hmm. Galloway, four or five from three. Uh, we also had guys like, uh, trying to think, uh, Bridges. I forget his first name. Mikhail, I believe. Mikhail Bridges is coming I think Miles in. is the one that's in Charlotte. He, yeah, that's Mikhail's right. Yep, Mikhail was hitting some shots. Um, I'm trying to think of the other. There's another Phoenix guard who hit a lot of threes in this game. You know, just unsung guys come off the bench hitting shots. Shots and really the depth uh, and their consistency was kind Cameron of, Payne. Was yep, the guy. that was the other guy yeah. who was hitting some shots. So yeah, lots of guys where they come in and they're just knocking them down. And uh, Phoenix went on an eighteen to three run in between, you know, bridging the third quarter and the fourth quarter, and that was really kind of what put this game, um, uh, uh, you know, put it away. Uh, for the too good of a team to drop two in a row. To That's the right. Yep. And then we had something very rare, Neil. Something that we won't see again for a while, which was oh. two games, two days rest. Oh, yeah. After those two games off before the OKC game, it is now, I think you tweeted, 18 games in 31 days or something yes, like that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. no two days off again for quite a while. So I hope everyone enjoyed that little break. I hope the Timberwolves rested up because now we're on a little bit of a home stretch, which is nice. We uh, invited the Oklahoma City Thunder to Minneapolis. That's and right. 
Uh, man, that is a team that is, you know, for they sold everyone. They have everybody's draft picks. They have like 38 <laughs> draft picks in the next few years or something like that. <laughs> Crazy. And Crazy number. their team has like nobody. They weren't playing Al Horford or anyone. They've traded away a lot of guys. No Dort, you know. It's yeah. basically Shea, Gilgis, Alexander, and a bunch of guys you've never heard of before. But, of course, they came in and took care of business. It's something about the Slender team, you know. Yeah. Even when they are, you know, kind of stripping the team apart. Uh, they still find a way to win. There's, a, We call this kind of my AKA was the off-brand team of the year. That's Sometimes right. we do the off-brand player of the week where it's like we no one even knows this guy's name and he put up a career high against the Timberwolves. I don't know any of these people. This you whole know. roster, yeah. They brought up Poku, Pokashevsky. Pokashevsky, um, yeah. You know, who he's is, one of their big players of the future, first-round draft pick. So This is impolite to say, but I think he's maybe the ugliest player in the NBA. <laughs> he's got real Sam Cassell alien vibes going where I was just he's like... He's so young. He's literally the youngest player in the league. Right, yeah. yeah. And so... Him and Ant, I think, are one, too. I think maybe uh, some Kevin Love reconstructive jaw surgery is in his future uh, because... He seems to grow into the body a little bit, you know? He's got alien vibes. Take me to your leader vibes. Yeah, they also... Who else do they have on that team? They have uh, Baisley. um, Maladon. Yeah. Brown. Terrence Maladon. Roby. Yep, Isaiah Roby. Jerome Williams. McCallick. Just, just so many guys who are, you know, G League guys. I mean, that's the thing. Their whole team is, I mean, literally Besides their, their head coach, Mark Dagnalt, he was coaching the OKC Blue for the last few years. So yeah. he knows these guys well, right? It's part of their whole plan. And yeah, now Shea is out. You know, this is like one of his last games he played uh, before announcing he'd be out uh, for many weeks with the plantar fasciitis. So. They shut him down a little bit, getting that tank they revved were, up. They were winning too many games, winning for sure. Got to get the tank on, yeah, you know, because yeah. draft capital, they need more of it. And this, speaking of Shea, this was his game. He was just getting whatever he wanted, getting to the hoop, scored 28 points in three quarters, uh, hitting the three, you know, just really jerking guys around, you know, getting that getting that dribble game on. And he's just so so slippery, and he's got such long limbs and stuff like that. He's going to be a really special player in the league. Already really is, but, you know, he's just going to keep growing as his team gets better i think so um yeah that's uh it's gonna be interesting in yeah. like two years or so when this is like for sure a playoff team and they're still gonna have like two or three lottery picks per year sure they'll just be adding on you know they'll be like a top four team in the west and they'll yeah. be like yeah we still got three lottery picks this yeah. season yeah the, but the main stat for this one was uh threes from the thunder right uh, season high threes for the thunder shot 21 of 36 from three mm. it just kept raining everyone uh, everyone was just hitting you that's know? right yeah that's that's it that's a bad loss you know, a bad loss against Thunder. The Thunder were playing in the second half of back-to-back in this one. You know, Wolves had two days off. They were, so. they were <laughs> just resting guys like Horford yeah. and Baisley and stuff. They're just like, don't play this George game. George Hill, yeah. he didn't play. He got traded we're, today. We're trying to, we're really trying to lose this game. And nope, Timberwolves say you can't, you can't do that. Yep, we're All not right. gonna let you come in here and lose to us, All right, fellow well, tanking team. It'll be really interesting to see the Rockets. Because the Timberwolves are good at losing the games against other tanking teams. And the Rockets are coming in losing, having lost 21 of 22 or something in the last games. And yeah, so they finally got to win. you yeah. got to think the Timberwolves might sweep them and maybe pass them you know, in the standings, unfortunately. Yeah, but trade Old Depot. We'll see about John Wall, what we'll he's going to do. Rumors if we're going to get creative, out, maybe so. Anthony will, Edwards will be... I can't decide. Well, you know, if you want to lose these games against the Rockets, do you rest Ant for a game, or do you just <laughs> let him have the ball and be like take fifty shots? Just let it fly, bro. Career high for you, please go for it. Our last game this week, uh, Wednesday night uh, against Dallas at Target Center, one hundred eight to one twenty eight loss. Scott has the AKA the Jalen Brunson always kills us game. Yeah, it just he, seems like he's, he's one of those good. who that guys he's just who, under the radar wolf yeah. killer is what you called him, and I think that's exactly. right. Exactly, you know who the wolf killers are in this league, Dylan Brooks, <laughs> and this is a guy who is just like 
kind of unremarkable against other teams, but every time we played them, he was 7 to 12, 16 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. Yeah. Just killed us. Yeah, this is another one. Wolves bench got outplayed, you know. They they got they yeah. their team has a lot of depth, a lot of uh guards and wings to throw out there and just and also, so many good players. We've talked about after Cat, who's 6'11", the next tallest guy on this team is 6'9". And this happened last time we played them. Kristaps Porzingis can just shoot over everybody. He just went off. He's got this this, a great view of the rim wherever he's at. He did just this to us last time. Shoot. He had 29 points. He was wow. 11 from 23. 3 of 9 from 3. Wow, it felt like he was doing better than that. But yeah, 29 points for Kristaps in 28 minutes. He just could shoot over everyone. He yeah. was so His post-ups, he was just so unbothered because like... Nas could be raising his hand straight up, and and Kristaps is like looking over the tops yeah. of his fingers. You know, he's like seven two or something. He's yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, big uh, big time Porzingis game in this one. Quiet Luca game. Really uh, didn't really have much going. Got it going a little bit. Ah, in the that's second because half, of our friends uh, Jaden McDaniel's and right. Jared Culver. Yeah, they were all Jared over Vanderbilt. <laughs> really forcing the turnovers. I mean, he heated up a little bit in the second half, but really, really shut him down in the first. Yeah, they didn't really need him though. I mean, they, like you said, they had a bunch of other guys who were getting it going. Porzingis, Brunson. Uh, um, you know, so they didn't really need him. And, uh, you know, it was pretty even through the first half. Good game going on there. But then Dallas went on a 19-3 to run halfway through the third quarter and uh, went up 10 and never really looked back after that. So, nope. yeah, the Wolves were outscored 32-18 to in the third quarter. That's that's where this game flipped. Yeah, and, I mean, I guess we, we – breezed over the cat does or ant doesn't play the fourth quarter against the thunder yeah, yeah. he was playing really bad defense not getting back like i like that four on five situations yeah, that's and it. so yeah this, it's nice to point out that there was some accountability there he got more minutes against dallas he played 37 minutes led the team in that respect he had 29 points but had to take 23 shots to get it um i think that you know going back to that Suns game the second one the scouting report is either out now on ant which is let's just pack the paint make him drive make him uh, shoot swarm yeah. him at the rim make him shoot you yeah. know and he's really struggled with that for the past few games since his 42 point outing and yeah he's gonna keep driving but and you gotta i think i don't know if it's that teams have figured him out or if teams are just like at the point where they're like i guess we have to pay attention to him like yep. normally it's like we don't have to yeah, scout everyone too Beasley, hard yeah. we're gonna win anyways you yeah. know we'll just he's a rookie but i guess now they're like well if we don't scout him he might embarrass us with a 42 point win you know That's a 42 exactly. point outing and a win so either way the pressure is turning up on ants especially at a time when and, uh, you know, LaMelo out for the season now, LaMelo Wall. And LaMelo is the easy favorite for yeah. Rookie of the Year. He might still be. Still I think could win it. It's yeah. still Ant his to lose. Ant will have to take it from him. But since that happened, Ant has had three really bad games. And you wonder if he's putting in maybe a little bit of extra pressure on himself now as well. Yeah, yeah. Good points right there. All right, we are going to get into full court press. But first, a quick word about a big change coming to our network. Your favorite teams have a new network. Fox Sports North is becoming Bally Sports North. March 31st. You still won't be able to watch the games. Here's the tip. All right, full court press here. First thing we want to talk about, Scott, is uh, the ability to uh, watch Timberwolves basketball live. Live and in person. It's happening, yes. The Wolves have started bringing in some uh, some uh, uh, you know first responders, early responders uh, for the COVID pandemic, and um, opening up some things for some uh, some season ticket members as well. So uh, they also announced that tickets will be going on sale uh, for games happening in April and May uh, very soon. So actually next week, as we record this, uh, I believe on the yeah thirtieth. 
Uh, let's see, where are we here? Yeah, the 30th um, and 31st is when tickets will be going on sale. Um, if you signed up for the early access stuff, I think you get uh, access to that coming up uh, here on the 30th on Tuesday, and then everyone else can get them on the 31st. No idea on pricing or how many tickets it will be and that kind of stuff. I guess it'll be pretty limited. Um, but that's happening, and so we wanted to talk about it a little bit here and try and, you know, finally uh, just, just – it's just wild, I guess, in a way, because it's just been so long since this has even been a possibility to even, like, consider. You know, it's all been, like, so hypothetical, but now it's kind of right here in front of us, right? We have, uh, you know, about six weeks of games to choose from here, from April 1st to mid-May. I'm not sure how many home games I they have that, there. I think so. I just counted out from April 1st yeah. to the end of the season, we have, like, 12 home games, okay. I think it was. yeah. So yeah, like potentially like two two a week or something like that that we can uh, get to. But uh, we talked a little bit about this uh, uh, with uh, with Jake Kelly, right? With uh, Jake's graphs uh, when he was on about the idea of going to Target Center. You know, would we go? All that sort of thing. But well, I don't know. What do you guys? Uh, what do you think? Like, would you, Scott? Would you go? Should we go? You know, how are you feeling about the potential of going back in Target Center and and, and watching the Wolves? We'll see. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You're non-committal right here. I, unlike on the you, I am not vaccinated yet, yep. so my answer is no until I have a vaccine. Right. Uh, you know, the Tim Walls announced today that uh, basically it opens up to all Minnesotans next uh, Tuesday, March 30th. So, you know, I think I will be vaccinated within the next couple of weeks, but whether I can get that beginning of April or mid-April is going to make a huge difference in the number of games I can attend. So, so I the think- answer is if vaccinated, you would do it. If vaccinated and we got to find the right price. I don't know because like I don't want to be sitting nosebleeds and I'd love to be in the lower bowl. You're usually good at scouting ticket prices. I'm not sure what the demand is going to be. Like I said, the demand usually falls off about it. Yeah. In April. Usually (laughs) that's when everyone everyone looks at the twins games and stuff. But now it's different because it's your first Wolves games you can go to all season. So maybe the demand will be there. So I don't want to, you know, pay an arm and a leg. I'm, I'm currently unemployed. So right. Right. It's, I'm not in the position to be dropping a hundred bucks on going to the Wolves. You know, maybe I'll do it one time. I can make the justification. This is my only game I'm going to. So right. I, I would shell out money to go to one game, perhaps. Um, but other than that, I think just the pricing and the risk factor is probably going to keep me out of the building until next year. Especially if we'll see. Are, do, are we shutting down players? Or is it going to? Yeah. Are we going to see D'Lo and Malik and Towns and Ant all playing together? Because that might be worth paying money for. Whereas if everyone's getting shut down, you're watching like Nas start at the five and stuff. Like still fun. It's, we love Nas, but maybe not worth paying hundreds of dollars to go see. Yeah, the pricing and the locations are going to be very interesting. I gotta think that all the seats will be in the lower bowl, just because again, I feel like they're going to be so limited. But then I don't know. Maybe you need to open up the upper bowl for like spacing out purposes. Right, I'm not exactly. sure how many people you know per section. I would imagine they'll have the upper deck open. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah, some of the good seats um, up there. Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting. And I wonder if they'll. I don't know. I, I feel like they'll either charge normal prices or maybe a little bit less. I feel like it's gonna the pricing is gonna be less complicated. I think they'll just have a couple tiers of pricing because I think the seats they have them in right now, especially if you look, they don't have like the seats that the camera can see. Those are still all tarped over. Yeah. I think so. I think they're they're going to be sort of more peppered around sort of the corners. Um, and yeah, stuff that'll like be that. interesting. When they're officially open, will they take the tarps off? Yeah, because I think it's just for looks. Of like, oh, it looks crappy if there's like eight yeah. people watching right there. It's like bad for like the visual. Yeah, but um, I, yeah, I, I could see the pricing being less. But at the same time, it's like, oh, there's kind of a supply and demand here thing. You know, we joke the demand isn't actually there. Uh, 
but maybe they find it will be and people will spend, you know, the normal, you know, $100 or more like per seats in the lower bowl like type of thing that you that you normally have or whatever. So it'll be interesting. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely into it, you know, have the vaccine and and uh, with everybody spread out and wearing masks the whole time and maybe not, you know, trying not to eat anything there. You know, I think it can be done. It's just such a huge building. I mean, it's, right. it, it, yeah, you're not outside. It's not Target Field. You're not in an open yeah, air You're place, less worried but... about the building than like the concourses and the skyways before yes. and after the game. You know, yes, that's yes. when you can get a little jammed together with people. So yeah. hopefully, you know, I guess you could always just take your time. Get there early or take your time leaving so that you're not jammed in the concourse at the same time as other people. But we'll see. It's also just weird to think about going places where there's other people. Like my yeah. brain is going not to an ready. event. It's yeah. not wired for that right now. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, in terms of some games you could look forward to, though, yeah. here's the thing is, will I be vaccinated by Sunday, April 11th? Because there's a stretch of four home games. Very interesting matchups. April 11th, Sunday, it's Chicago. Zach Levine oh, coming back yeah. to the Target Center. Vucevic. Uh, yeah, right. The very <laughs> next night, we have... Uh, Brooklyn coming in, you know, see. I wonder if KD will be back. Who knows if KD, he might not need to, you know, Harden's kind of running it. But even without KD, a lot of stars on that team, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then on Wednesday, we have Milwaukee. You got the border battle. You get Giannis coming into town. This is a crazy stretch. And then Friday, you get Jimmy Butler coming back to the Target Center as the Miami Heat defending Eastern Conference champions are back. So that is quite a four-game stretch. All four of those would be really fun to attend. Yeah, the Eastern Conference playoff week right here. Yeah, yeah those the, would be good. I would love to go to that Miami game, actually. That be that would be cool. And then the rest of the games are pretty ho-hum the rest of the season. I would say the only other at-home one I might be interested in is Andrew Wiggins returns to the Target Center. Oh, I have to see it. Thursday, see April 29th. I'd love to be wearing a Wiggins jersey and screaming for him when he comes out of the yeah, tunnel. It's you not know? about Steph Curry. It's about Andrew Wiggins. That's right. I would love to give him a good homecoming. So Thursday, April 29th, that might be the game. Because once once again, tickets might be a little cheaper. I don't know. Stafford still draws no matter how yeah. how good or bad the Warriors are. It's a Thursday. We can't, Scott. We're recording that day. Oh, you're right. Well, <laughs> there we go. So, yeah. Then uh, none of the other matchups I'm, are I'm great. I'm out of town, so yeah. Oh, well, thanks for telling me now. Let's uh, let's plan out the rest of our episodes yeah, right now. Let's find out the rest right of the, on the air. But yeah, you're right. There's there's some good ones in there, and then there's uh, yeah some sleepers. But hey, it's, it's with uh, hardly any games possible. It's cool. I, I would you know, like to go to any of these. So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. I'll take a look at the prices and the seat locations next week, and kind say, report back on that. Belly come back to the target saying hey. he got traded today, didn't he? Yeah, but where he's on the Heat now. That's what oh, I'm there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Reunite uh, Jimmy and Belly. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's amazing. I hope they got along all right. <laughs> all right, yeah. Let us know if you uh, plan to go Target Center. Let's uh, let's talk about it. Let's see, uh, you know, who who's feeling what, and can we get out there? And yeah, hopefully everybody will get vaccinated soon here in the state of Minnesota. You can get out there and uh, go watch the Wolves. All right, next thing here. He's heating up. All right, we have an update on uh, the Sinclair situation here there was a piece by chip scoggins and uh the strib this week uh with uh with the twins baseball starting up which we'll get to next here um you know the wild playing well right now they've won like 10 in a row or something like that and uh chip scoggins wrote a piece about uh the issues of uh not being able to get fsn um on uh, on uh, streaming uh providers such as uh, hulu uh tv and youtube tv, uh, YouTube TV and stuff like that so uh it's interesting because 
because yeah, this uh, this this piece kind of goes into um, you know some of the stuff, some of the issues here. And, and Chip says multiple people familiar with the situation told me local franchises within the FSN ties are looking at viewership losses of between one quarter and one third of their audience. Yeah, that's a huge number right there. And uh, you know that that's that's very interesting to kind of actually get a number on that because you know this is something that has you know bubbled up on Twitter and a lot of people complaining about it. But it's interesting to see of like how many uh, what the numbers are on like what you know the 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 franchises are seeing as far as like who's not watching yeah. right now and that's a huge chunk of people it really sucks i mean you and i we're savvy you know if it, i do have a legal way to watch the team but mm-hmm. if i didn't i would have methods at my disposal to that's find right. yeah where i could find it online whereas i think this really hurts people like our parents like my dad just yeah. wants to watch the twins in the summer and so when it got dropped from their cable package they dropped cable and got youtube tv and they've yep. been watching youtube tv to watch the twins and now they can't do that yep. and so uh you know people who like that who just want to watch the twins every day but not have to like find the links to the feeds to you know i think these are the people it's hurting the worst and that sucks yeah um, another piece in the in another part of this piece here. Uh, Chip writes: Teams are worried and frustrated. The cord cutting demographic skews younger, which is a, the exact demographic that sports teams fear losing. Losing a significant chunk of viewers is quote something that keeps me up at night. End quote. Twins president Dave St. Peter acknowledged, uh, and then uh, more from Peter St. Peter here. The distribution of our games via television has always been the most powerful marketing tool that sports a sports franchise has. Unquote. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, and then and then uh, Chip writes in here that watching sports on the TV is how most of us became fans of a particular team or athlete. Dale Murphy was my childhood idol because I watched the Atlanta Braves every night on TBS. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we remember uh, growing up with it's TBS true. on or the Cubs on WGN or yeah. something like that. And it was just like, that, yeah, they're are, just on. And people ask, uh, shout out to Josh, my buddy from college. Everyone's like, what? Josh is from LA. Why is he a right. Braves fan and not a Dodgers <laughs> fan? Because he could grow up and watch the Braves online. And the same way with Cubs. Why are there so many Cubs fans all over the country? Because WGN showed all the games, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, it it, uh, it, it stinks. Uh, obviously, he said the young fans are the ones who are getting hurt, but they're also the ones who could pirate a feed, like, no problem. Yeah. I think it's less important for the Twins. I mean, we love Timberwolves radio, but I, I just feel like you get a lot more out of watching a basketball game, whereas a baseball game, sure, I'd rather watch it, but if you can listen to it, that's a really good way to experience baseball, too. too. It's yeah. also a great way to watch or to follow along. So I feel like if I have to listen to the Twins on the radio, that's still pretty good, you know? Yeah, totally. So that's just the latest update with this kind of stuff. We've been been uh, following that. The Strib's done a really good job following that story this year between Chip Scoggins and uh, uh, what's his name, Michael Rand over there. So um, just enjoying them, continuing to follow up on it. And it's obviously it's a bigger thing than just our, us, you know, people, us nerds, or us like cord cutters who want to do this. There's a lot of people out there in Minnesota and just nationwide who are really upset about this, so they can't watch their team. Yeah. And um, yeah, they're switching to Bally now. But just it'd be interesting to see now the twins are back in season two and they're a much more popular team sort of what that will mean for the uproar and we'll see if sinclair does anything to adjust sinclair this. doesn't care they are like comcast where it's like suppose, yeah we'll yeah. be the villains who cares we have money you yeah know? yeah and that's uh definitely the attitude they have they and you know that's the thing is like all the networks are like put pressure on sinclair because they're charging us a, like crazy prices just to have twins and sinclair's like 
go back to the networks and complain. We don't care. We have it. Yeah. And, you know, we're not. And so they're very stubborn. I don't think they're going to do anything to help fans at all. So um, we might just be out of luck until the next time these ne- rights get negotiated. I saw someone speculating, you know, after the NFL made a new deal this 100 week. billion, yeah. People are saying, who's, you know, would someone like Netflix or someone stop step up for the next TV contract or buy local team markets like that? And, you know, I would trust Netflix a lot more than I trust Sinclair. You yeah, know? totally. So, well, yeah, speaking of the twins, Scott, uh, you've got uh, you've got some stuff for us here. Let's uh, let's get to our last segment. He's on fire. That's right, everybody. We are. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Neil Neil is leaving the room right now, and that's fine because I'll start talking, and he can stop me whenever he comes back. Because let's talk about your and my Minnesota Twins. Uh, you know, for a while there in the two thousands, twenty tens. Uh, you know, the Twins were great through the early 2000s, winning all the Central Division titles, and then moving into the 2010s, like 2008, 2009, 2010, great Twins teams opened up Target Field, and then uh, we have this brand new shiny ballpark, and we're bad for like the next eight years, like Timberwolves level bad. But it's like, can't do anything right, the front office is effing up, they're, you know, everyone's moving on to this new space and pace three-point shooting era, and the Twins front office was like, no, let's just pound the ball and, you know, take contest mid-range twos because they were they were just all about doing you know the old school stuff not embracing analytics and then around 2016 at the end of the 2016 season we got rid of the old front office and brought in the new forward-thinking progressive stat-heavy front office guys Derek Falvey and Thad Levine and they kind of like uh you know Rosas was they were stuck with the old coach you know the uh, you know, Rosas was stuck with Ryan and the, the guys, Thad Levine and Derek Falvey, they inherited Paul Molitor. It was the one person like, they were like, you can change the whole staff, pitching coach, you know, and they did. They brought in their own guys, brought guys that were so good, they got sniped away by other teams because, you know, they're like, we'll make you a coach or you'll, you'll take you a bench coach and we'll make you the pitching coach or the hitting coach because they had such success at finding those guys. And so player development became a huge thing that they put emphasis on. Wow. Um, I mean, that sound, that's uh, so the modernization of the twins. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because because what we're doing here is I want to I want to know about the twin season as it sort of you know as we said through the eyes of uh, you know of, of the Timberwolves of a Timberwolves fan and so mm-hmm. I feel like this is a good place to start where it's like the two franchises kind of have similar stories recently about like getting with the modern days. Yeah, we, yeah. We ranted so long in here about how few threes the team would even take. You know, the Wolves would even take, and right. so you're saying the it's big, sort of a similar situation. The big thing for the Twins is they're like we don't have anyone who hits home runs or strikes people out that was the big thing about the regime before that they're like strikeouts are overrated let's just get pitchers who put the ball in play and you know plays are better yeah exactly (laughs) what do twins call a triple a show-off double you know it was very much like this is the boring team you know and that was a hard way to watch because you watch the moves being made and you didn't even have any faith in the future because you're like these guys just don't understand what's good for baseball and so it's amazing to see that all of this has been implemented over the course of years like I said they were stuck with Paul Molitor because their first year when they took over the twins like you know they were arrived earlier you know it was like they were they they were earlier than on schedule they actually some fluky stuff happened the underlying metrics weren't so good but they got a wild card spot and then Paul Molitor won like manager of the year and they're like well I guess we have to bring him back for one more year it was a losing season yeah Yeah, it was losing season then they cut ties with Paul Molitor brought in Rocco Belldelli a young guy kind of like Drip Saunders a former player unlike Drip Saunders Mm -hmm. But he's like 34. He listens to fish. He, several Twins players are older than him. 
you know, but in his first two seasons, he's already won manager of the year. Uh, the twins have won the AL central both times that, you know, he's so, both seasons he's been coached. So unlike Ryan, this is a young guy who's getting the job. Yeah. Done. I was gonna say in some ways he's Ryan because he's young and sort of like has the ear of the players and he's a peer of theirs. But in other ways, he's Chris Finch because he is the actual, the front office's actual guy, right? This is, right. This, this is, is the guy that we're waiting to pick. bring in. Yeah. So, okay. So the season is starting now and, 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 um, um, you know, they've had this is his second year, or the coach's second year. This is uh, the third year, Baldelli's third year, Baldelli's third year. And 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 so, is this like is the team finally like rounding into the vision of the new front office here, or is that like already happened and now we're just off and rolling? Um, yeah, no, th- I think that they've mostly have implemented their 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 system and their ideas, and we're seeing it pay dividends across every aspect pitching's better, defense better, offense better. Twins set a record for hitting the most home runs in a major league season two years ago. And now that they're bringing the dead ball back, they juiced the baseball for a few years, so there's homers on everything. And now they're kind of going back to the old ball that doesn't fly out of the ballpark so much. So that Twins record might stand for a long time. Most home runs hit in a single season. They set a record for having like five players who all hit 30 home runs in a season. Oh, yeah. The bomb squad. The bomb squad. Bomba squad. Bomba. And so, yeah, I just think that they're very exciting in that way. Um, Who are the best players on the Twins? Well, if I'm making some player comparisons, it'd be interesting. I was thinking about this on the way over because, you know, our best hitter is Nelson Cruz. He's age 40 going into and he's been on the team for a while. Is he the one that just signed a one year contract? Yeah, he's been on the team for this will be his third season with the team. Got it. He in some ways, you compare some parallels to LeBron in the sense of he just had a top five age 38 season and a top five age 39 season of all time in MLB history. Wow. he is not he's not meeting the aging curve. Everyone says his production should fall off and maybe the floor will fall out underneath him this season. Who knows? That's the kind of the question. Not. But he is defying time and he's just a huge offensive slugger monster. Is he just leader. DH? Yeah, DH. So he's DH like Jim Tomey. Yeah, exactly. And so my comparison was uh who was, I, I think his parallel... Mellow? Take out... Well, the Timberwolves parallel. <laughs> oh, okay, Because yeah. we don't have any old heads on the yeah, team, really. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think he's a Malik Beasley. Okay, yeah. He was brought in, free agent, and he's won over hearts and minds of all the fan base because he's massive offensive numbers. He's doing the thing that the team never did. In his case, hitting like 40 home runs. In Malik Beasley's case, hitting like six three-pointers or whatever. You yeah, know, yeah. that's something the team was always missing, and this guy's here. And no defense whatsoever. Just no defense. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I think my... Comparison for D'Angelo Russell is shortstop, now second baseman, Jorge Polanco. Like D'Angelo Russell two years ago, he had like one breakout season. He made an all-star game for the first time in his career. And then since then, everyone's like expecting that level of player. And he's never been able to be that level of player again. <laughs> right. His it, reputation yeah. is a little And some outsized. of it is injuries. Yeah. Same with D'Lo. But like there was that one all-star season where everyone's like, oh, he is it. You know, and he's yeah. not it. So there's some expectations. I think Byron Buxton is our Anthony Edwards where he's got all the raw athleticism. He flashes the crazy amount of talents, but he's very inconsistent. You know, it feels like he's been like the young dude forever, though. Yeah, right? it feels Buxton's like he's been a little bit like older. Five years or something. And something that Buxton has done that Anthony Edwards hasn't had the chance to is that Buxton was the savior. He was promised to be the savior, number mm. one prospect in all of baseball several years yeah. going, and then it's just been hit and miss since he came up. Quite literally, in that he couldn't hit. You know, missed a lot of pitches. But he's one of those one guys who has is very inconsistent, but has figured out his offense finally, and his defense is the best in the game. I don't know. How you compare that to anyone in the league because he's yeah. like the Kawhi Leonard of defense. Like yeah, really. when he's healthy, he's the best in the game. But he hurts himself because he runs into walls because he tries so hard, or he's so fast that he'll hurt himself sliding into a base. 
And so he's like the fastest guy in the major leagues. And when he's playing, if he didn't hit the ball once, he'd still be a positive player because that's how good his defense is. Um, so to wrap this up, sorry, we got to wrap up here, but well, I got one last topic. Yeah. If we're going to wrap it up. Uh, and I was just going to say, I just want to know like how good the team's going to be and where they're going to, where you think they're going to fall in the division oh, well, and in the league. I should really go on online more about this because I was thinking about like, what are the team comparisons to the guys? Cause we're, we are, it's a three team race in the central. We have the Cleveland baseball team, but they're over the hill. They lost a lot of their players, but they're really good at internal development. So they're kind of like the San Antonio Spurs, where it's just like this team has nobody really yeah. star wise, but they're so good at developing players. They're they're going to be competitive at least. And mm-hmm. then there's the White Sox, who are really really flashy with a lot of like big players, but they hired the old most old school manager who's so anti modern baseball. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> Um, but here's the thing that I think Wolves fans will identify with because I think the Twins are the favorites to win the American Central again. Wow. Here's the drought. You know, the Timberwolves had their 14 year playoff drought. The Twins had spent 18 straight playoff games we've lost. Uh, the last time we won a playoff game was 2004. Every <laughs> yeah. time we lose a playoff game, we set a new major league record for longest consecutive <laughs> losing streak Just in the breaking playoffs. Breaking our own records. <laughs> yeah. There are people who are 16 years old today who have never seen the Twins win a playoff game. Yeah. So the joke is we go to the playoffs now the last couple of years. We get there and we get swept. And it's it's a uh, it's becoming a league wide joke where now the whole league knows like oh yeah the Twins are just going to get swept by the Yankees last year we got swept by the Astros but right, before say, that it was a, the Yankees it was anymore. a decade of getting swept by the Astros <laughs> so it's like one of those things that mathematically is almost impossible just with the luck that comes into baseball and you're a good team yeah. and to be that level of feudal is just like they're embarrassing on a level that the Timberwolves are embarrassing in terms of their postseason ineptitude it must be what Wolves fans felt like in like 2003 where they're like man we go to the playoffs every year but we're always a first round exit you right, know it's like right. We're happy with our, our regular season success, but this team disappoints every single year without fail. So hopefully, like the 03-04 Wolves, we can have our bl- breakthrough this season because, Neil, this is something that messes with my sleep. This this playoff losing streak thing is <laughs> like, it's it's one of those things that makes me back into that irrational fan where I'm just like, I don't understand why. This is the thing that hurts me. And so Wolves fans could get behind the team for that reason because Wolves fans not used to cheering for a good team that's supposed to win like, two-thirds of their games this season. They're yeah. not used to that. But they are used to like a historical, unlucky curse against them. And that's what the Twins are experiencing. So, Wolves fans, you'll feel right at home if you decide to follow the team this year. All right. Check out the Twins. They're starting, what, April 1st? Or April 1st, April Thursday. 1st. And, yeah, you can, next get, to, you Thursday. can get tickets oh, to watch that, too. Man, so. We're going to have to talk about recording next Thursday. Out. Yeah. I'm going to be all opener. full of peanuts and Cracker Jacks yeah. when I come over. We'll have to figure it out. But, uh, yes, go watch some Twins baseball. Go Twins, all that. And uh, tweet at Scott. If you want to talk twins, I decided uh, this that year, Carl Anthony Towns player equivalent is Jose Barrios. Follow mm-hmm. us on Wolvescast on For Twitter. More. I'll yeah. explain why. There you go. Okay, cool. Let's uh, let's uh, move this show right along. We're going to get to better know an old school wolf. But first, a quick word about a big change coming to our network. Your favorite teams have a new network. Fox Sports North is becoming Bally Sports North. March 31st. New name, same jerks. It is better know an old school wolf. 
Scott. This is a fun segment. We've gotten back into doing it after some time away. We had uh, we had a breakdown of Terrell Brandon earlier in the season. A link to that in the show notes. You can listen to that if you missed it. But what we do here on Better Know an Old School Wolf is just to dig in a little bit deeper on uh, some former wolves uh, who you might not know that much about. You know, uh, we try and kind of go in the middle of the pack here. It's it's and you know with the wolves, there's uh, not that many notable players. But you know, we're not shooting for like the top of the tops here. But these are some players that were very notable. You know, maybe played on some playoff teams or you know just were here for a while, that kind of thing. And uh, and if yeah. you know if you're if you're fandom. Basketball fandom, Timberwolves fandom started when we started our podcast. You might not have heard about Terry Porter a lot, but there is a great beer at the Target Center Tap Room called the Terry Porter. It's a porter. One of our best beers that there. One of the most popular. It's there for years. Yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Terry Porter and kind of go through his career a little bit and talk about uh, what he got up to in the league. And, yeah, I mean, this is someone who uh, is actually uh, a Midwesterner, all right? He's... uh, He's from he's from Wisconsin. He's from uh, grew up around uh, the Milwaukee area. Went mm-hmm. to South Division High School in Milwaukee, and then uh, was recruited to play um, at Wisconsin Stevens Point D three um, D three basketball. There was an anecdote he said once that he you know the 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 coach there Wisconsin Stevens Point uh, uh, who gave him a scholarship wasn't uh, even scouting Terry Porter. He was scouting someone else in that game, but saw Terry and was like, "Ooh, this is we're a D three school. We got to throw this, some darts here. What's this, yeah, let's get this guy." So, yep, he uh, played four years there. Um, I think what's interesting is, so the 1984 Olympic team, uh, this was back when it was college players, like Jordan was on that team. It was eight years before the 1992 Dream Team. Right. So they invited him. He was the only Division Three player who was invited to try out. He uh, he made it to like the last 20, I think, yeah. even though he had the chicken pox at the time. <laughs> Maybe that's why he was scoring, because no one wanted to defend him you know, with the pox. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> but uh, he got cut with some other really good NBA players. And when he was one of those guys who was cut, I think this is how he got on the radar for draft scouts okay, and yeah. stuff because he's a D3 guy. How is he getting – he's going to be drafted in the first round, spoiler alert. Yeah. And it's because he was playing along with all these other stars of the college league and you saw him hold his own against them. And so they're like, oh, he's D3, but maybe we should put him on our draft boards. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was uh, – so he graduated in uh, 85 or he uh, didn't graduate then. So no, he, he, did, he didn't finish his degree until 1993. I always love it when a player goes back after their you right. know, professional and finish up their degree. And why not? He was already th- – three and a half years in. So he finished his degree in communications uh, with an emphasis on television and radio. Well, I should have said was, uh, he was uh, drafted in 1985, uh, 24th yeah. pick overall, which at that time was the final pick of the first round. Now, Mr. We, Irrelevant. now we have uh, 30, 30 teams in the league. And at the time we only had 24. So uh, yes, last pick of the first round by the Blazers in 1985. And that's where he played his first 10 seasons mm-hmm. in the NBA. He was an all-star in 90, 91 and 92-93. So two-time all-star Ooh. the Blazers made the finals twice 1990 and 1992 while he was on the team I forgot they, they lost to the Pistons in 1990 I was like they were in the finals in 1990 well I mean obviously the 92 one's notable because it was you know part of the first three-peat for yeah. for the Bulls and there was the video game Blazers versus say. Bulls Blazers versus Bulls <laughs> is the video game it's like the Sega and the and the Super game yeah um, that you could get so yeah I wonder how many years they did that or they like just named the there two was like teams. three or four there was like Lakers. There was, yeah, yeah there was the Lakers one there was Bulls 
not Suns, but maybe Magic Bulls Lakers. I think. Yeah, this is so interesting. Like that was such a big deal. You could like market a whole game off of like the final series. Right. Exactly. And I mean, presumably you could play as other teams in this game. Maybe not. <laughs> I should know this, but I don't know. I'll do. I'll do some digging. You could and report only play back. as these two teams with these two exact rosters. I'll have to see because yeah, the thing was it was a wild west of players' rights back then. It's why you could have games without Charles Barkley or Michael Jordan. Yeah, we're you know? talking so. ninety. We're talking ninety one that era. So yeah, he was on. He was on those teams. Okay, he was. Class Drexler's running mates. He was kind of the second best guy Drexler really ever played with yep. um, on all those teams there. And um, yeah, he was a he was a, he was a you know a big player for for Portland over the uh, over those years and yeah. two time All Star. Like that's huge. Yeah, and I was like, wow, they retired his number thirty jersey. Crazy. They have your jersey retired. I was like, I, th- I knew Terry Porter was good. I never knew he was retire your jersey good. Yeah. But if you take a look at the Portland record books, it all makes sense. He's third. All time in games played, second all time in minutes played, first all time in assists for the Ooh. franchise, second all time in steals, fourth all time in points, and third all time in win shares. This guy is a top five Blazers player of all time. I mean, he was there for a decade, so yeah, that's a lot of games to soak up. And you know, yeah, I guess get... Bill Walton was better than him, and wasn't there for the time to soak up all of those. You know, yeah. counting totals. I, those were counting total stats. None of them were assi- like percentage or field goal percentage or stuff like that. But that's the kind of stuff that gets you in a team's record book, a team's Hall of Fame. You know, it gets your number retired by a team is when you look at the record book and your name is top five in so many different categories. Yeah, and you have stats here about uh, about his assist prowess. Oh, this is here. great. I saw it on Wikipedia. I looked it up. Still true. During the 1980s, 87-88 season, Terry Porter averaged 10.1 assists per game, thus making him the only player in Trailblazers franchise history to average double-digit assists in a season. Still true, I looked it up, the Wolves have never had one. Ricky has the highest ever with 9.1 assists per game. Um, But the single-season assists per game leaders, number one, Terry uh, Porter, number two, Rod Strickland, number three, Terry Porter, number four, Terry Porter, number five, Rod Strickland, number six, Terry Porter, number seven, Rod Strickland, and then tied for number eight, Terry Porter, tied with Clyde Drexler and Dame. So this guy had... Lack of Dame on this list, kind of surprising. Yeah, I I mean, he's not not known for dishing the ball, right? He's a shoot-first point guard. He's a scorer, yeah, and it's just a different game, you know, in the NBA today, but like, yeah, Dame's highest single-season was like eight assists per game, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, just, uh, just an incredible amount of work that he put in. But after his time with the Trails Blazers, here's what's interesting to us Wolves fans. Woo! Yeah, here we go. Signed as a free agent. We never get good free agents. Signed yeah. as a free agent with the Timberwolves prior to the 1995-96 season. Helped the Wolves clinch their first ever playoff berth in 96-97 and their first winning season the following year. Yeah. So he was there for the the good times starting in the franchise. Yeah, you know? he, he signed the same uh, summer they drafted KG. Um, so he was there kind of in parallel there. His th- three seasons with the Wolves, uh, 95, 96, and 97, uh, he played all 82 games each of those years. So he was uh, he was an Iron Man. He was ready to go for all those. Um, in his first season, he uh, played point guard. Um, so that's interesting. We, uh, we, we literally ranked him, um, I think, six, shooting guard. sixth overall in our all-time shooting guard ranks. You know, I think he's, he'll go down in history as more of a shooting guard, but you know, could play the one or the two. Um, so he started at point guard for the Wolves, and then Marbury was drafted the summer of 96. So then he uh, went to backing up Marbury. And then in 97, his third year with the team, um, he moved over to shooting guard. So he could play alongside of them and played uh, in a small ball uh, starting line up in the 1998 playoffs Googs was hurt so they had to go to small ball Marbury Porter Anthony Peeler Sam Mitchell Salty Smitch and uh, that's and a KG. very small lineup yeah yeah especially at a time when everyone was going big everyone was big yeah you had multiple seven footers in wow. there so 
Yeah, they had to do that though. No Googs. So uh, yeah, so he you know had some good years with the Wolves. You know, again, it's interesting to think of him as a point guard, but um, just a capable vet, right? Just a guy who you know you mentioned all the assists in Portland and stuff, but he was also a really good, competent shooter, and you know, kind of just seemed like a real solid, fundamental, you know, point guard, shooting guard type guy who didn't really make that much mistakes. Maybe wouldn't wow you too much either. But you know, yeah, when you solid. can get a guy who's been in the league for ten years, made two All Star games, been to the finals twice. You bring him in for his veteran leadership for a guy like KG, you know? There you go. Yeah, teach teach the rook how to play. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, that was more uh, Sam Mitchell kind of took him under his wing. But I would imagine Porter was in there as well, you know, in yeah. his ear. You know, after being in the league for 10-plus for years, you got to, you know, dole out those words of wisdom to the youngsters, to the rooks out there. So, yeah, good times here in Minnesota. Played eight uh, playoff games, uh, which in some ways seems like not that much. But for the Wolves, that's a lot. You know, that's a lot of playoff games for for one player to play, especially in those years when the Wolves were getting swept out of the first round, like you mentioned earlier. Yep. Those, those were best of five series, yep. right? So you those were just like three, three, ch- out, three yeah. games at a time. So you probably did like three, three, and two, or I don't know. Maybe maybe they made it past that or something. But uh, yeah, that was that was kind of his Minnesota time um, doing all that. I guess as a player. So uh, we get we can get into his his later career as uh, you know he started he retired in two thousand two and and um, started never started traded coaching. during his career. Oh, he never traded could, once. Couldn't trade him. Too good. Too good. Too good to be moving on. Also, uh, his teams had a record of 815 and set 547. That's a five. 59% winning percentage during his career. Pretty wow. good. And like J.J. Redick, has only failed to make the postseason once in his whole Sheesh. career. Wow. Hard to do in the West. He'll win you games. He'll, he'll, he'll play in those games. And he'll get you to the playoffs. He is 17th on the NBA's all-time assist list. Wow. Really good. 17th. He had 7,000-plus assists in his career. Wow. And it says he's played for five of the top 36 coaches in games one in NBA history. Pat Riley, Rick Adelman, Jack Ramsey, Greg Popovich, and Flip Saunders. Very nice, yeah. So his coaching, you know, he went on to do assistant coach work in uh, Phoenix, Milwaukee, Minnesota, underneath uh, uh, Rick Adelman, yep. his former coach. He was in, actually in head Portland. coach whenever Rick Adelman had to miss there games because of his wife's health issues, yeah. unfortunately. And then Detroit underneath Flip Saunders as well. So, you know, a lot of his a lot of connections. Portland and then Minnesota connections allowed him to, you know, be a coach in this league for a long time. So here's my favorite thing. He was hired as head coach of the Bucks in 2003 and then – uh, after the Bucks failed to make the playoffs in uh, 2005, he was released during the 2005 offseason. In his time away for the game, so he goes down. He goes from being head coach of the Bucks, spends the next year coaching his son's fifth grade basketball team to an undefeated season, oh. and then the year after that joins the Detroit Pistons staff. I love him being head coach. <laughs> Fifth grade basketball coach, NBA. undefeated. NBA to the yeah. fifth grade back yeah. to NBA. <laughs> Just took a year off to be like, son, we're going to crush the competition. I mean, more people should do it. They were undefeated. So Yeah, seriously. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the Timberwolves. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, anyways, a few other fun notes. He tried to buy the Trailblazers. Looked like the wow. Paul Allen was going to sell before they had a really good draft and started, you know, rebuilding the Blazers. And so he put together an ownership group that was going to try and buy the Blazers. Mm-hmm. Paul Allen decided not to sell. Before 2010, 2011, he put in that RTVF degree to get some broadcasting work for the Blazers as well. <laughs> he always said, he was asked, uh, I have an interview here. 
if you hadn't been a basketball player, what would you have done? So I've always wanted to be, believe it or not, a news anchor. So I went to Stevens Point for communication. So a lot of it specialized in going out in the field and doing stories on track and field and football. I did an internship back at WTMJ, which was Channel 4 in Milwaukee. I had to cut my edit and put it all together. It was pretty impressive for me back in the day. <laughs> there we go. We like uh, we like a communications and journalism major here yeah. on the Wolves cast. So there you go. Maybe, uh, maybe that'll be what's next for him. He was uh, most recently coaching... Uh, uh, for the University of Portland. Portland Pilots. The Portland Pilots. He was hired in 2016 and was fired like six weeks ago. So he is uh, he's looking for work. He's no longer the coach of the University of Portland. So maybe he'll get into the broadcasting ranks. I don't know. Or maybe he'll get, keep his coaching going, right? Yep. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't be surprised kids. to see him tied into the NBA in some way, whether he's an analyst on MBT, NBA TV or yeah. if he ends up on the on someone's bench as an yeah. assistant coach. Yeah, I could definitely see that. So, uh, yeah, anything else about Porter you want to point out here, Scott? Uh, no, he did All some right. really great off-field work. He started a sponsor sh- uh, scholarship program in Milwaukee that's still going to uh, Wisconsin University of Wisconsin System Schools. Nice. So that's really cool. He's a Hall of Famer of the Boys and Girls Club in just terms of what he's been a very active member and contributing there. So, you know, keeps a busy life off the court. He has, like, four children, I think. So things are going well for Terry Porter. Nice. Yeah, so there's a little history on Terry Porter, you know, just someone who uh, – you know, it was important for the Wolves franchise during those mid '90s years, and like we said, you know, it was a uh, you know mentoring to, to Kevin Garnett, and you know, I always some knew of those he was teams. a notable name in Wolves history. I never yeah. knew he was a notable player in NBA, NBA history. Seventeenth yeah. all time in assists. That's. That's a lot bigger of a player than I thought he'd be when we started researching this. Number retired. That's that was the yeah. biggest thing of the research from today. I was like, wow, that's that's surprising, right? Unless there. it's for the Boston Celtics who retire everybody's number. That's a very <laughs> impressive thing to have. Unless yeah. it's also the Heat who retired Michael Jordan's number and like Dan Marino's number. That's yeah. also not quite as impressive. But this was the the Trailblazers. So very cool. All right, up next is Weekly Wolfies. But first, a quick word about a big change coming to our network. Your favorite teams have a new network. Fox Sports North is becoming Bally Sports North. March 31st. Watching a terrible team has never been harder. Now presenting your Weekly Wolfies. All right, time for weekly Wolfies. Let's uh, let's award some awards to some award winners right here, Scott. Uh, you want to start us off first? What you got for Why us? Not? What you thinking right now? Weekly Wolfies. We got to check in on the TMZ corner, uh-huh. the gossip world. You know, there's yes, been crossover. Always, uh, you know, Kardashians dipping into the NBA sphere. We had a little bit of uh, TMZ rumor mill action last week for Carl Anthony Towns. Rumor that he was in some other girl's DMs on Instagram. And him and his girlfriend, Jordan Woods, came out and both denounced it on social media. So, you know, even here in the chilly north, there is some of that hot press attention of the paparazzi. It can happen. And uh, so Meg, my wonderful wife, who keeps me abreast of all this developing information, has told me one thing I might want to mention. Tristan Thompson. Back on the final season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Not only back on the show, he is doing interviews side by side with Chloe. They patched that up after he okay. cheated on her after impregnating her with her first child. All right. Now they're trying to do uh, baby number two with some 
uh, freezing the eggs, kind of like, you know, and fertilizing them outside of the body and putting them back in. And so, you know, good luck to them. But if you're wondering about what's going on in the reality TV side of the NBA, Tristan Thompson, back in good graces. <laughs> He's back. Yeah, and uh, you know it's good that you're staying abreast of all these uh, issues here. Scott. I never know when it'll come in handy, but I've got that information on lock. You know, <laughs> I referred to earlier this season when Meg helped me understand who Jordan Woods is yes. and the whole relationship to the Kardashian <laughs> family and why Cat dating her is just as much of a tabloid thing as Blake Beasley dating Larsa Pippen. You know. That's right. These wolves are intentionally dipping their feet into this Bravo TMZ world. And, uh, you know, that's why it's more important than ever that we cover that for you. There you go. All right. Good one there. Um, I'm giving this uh, week's Weekly Wolfie to uh, Jonathan Sharks of TheRinger.com. You guys probably know about Jonathan Sharks. He's written a number um, of great posts about the Wolves this year. And, uh, you know, and just in the NBA, he writes about the entire NBA. And uh, just want to give him a shout out because, especially for the Wolves, small market team, team that's always bad. You know how it is. The national media often uh, gets things wrong, uh, you know, just or just plain overlooks the Timberwolves or just sort of doesn't really uh, seem to be actually watching the games. But uh, I really appreciate that that is not the case with Jonathan Sharks. And he's written a number, like I said, a number of good pieces that I'll link in the show notes. But he just really shows that, you know, he actually watches, he actually understands this team. You know, for uh, it's, it's a little bit, uh, you know, at this point, I think the cat's out of the bag. But even a few months ago, he was writing about Jaden McDaniels, right? And that is, that's the tip off right there that you actually watch the team, right? This late first round pick that, you know, is in the, in the starting lineup every now and then and let's, but, he's not yeah. all over the stat sheet either yeah, besides blocks yeah, you yes. know and if you're looking to advance metrics for defensive numbers then he's popping but it's you not like to you're gonna look game. at the box score and be like oh this guy scored six points well, look, how yeah. interesting yeah yeah, yeah no, you have to be watching the game to see his impact to see his you know just his body and the way he defends and to kind of you know get it with him and what his future could be and you know he's done that over and over jonathan sharks has so to me that is the true i think brett even tweeted something like this recently like that is the litmus test of whether you you know sort of get you know who the best Wolves best young players are whether you watch the team as you understand the value of a guy like Jaden McDaniels and so I just wanted to shout him out uh, make sure you go follow Jonathan Sharks on Twitter just his name right there but it's T-J-A-R-K-S and uh, like we said I'll link uh, his Timberwolves pieces from this year and uh, yeah hopefully he keeps doing a great job on uh, covering the Wolves and hey we should have him on this show I'll, I'll hit him up and uh, Come on see the if we can get him on Wolves cast someday as a as a uh, you know Wolfie Award winner now. Try to beat Neil out of game. There you go. You want to come on over here. So yeah, shout out to him. Check out the show notes for his pieces. There we go. Speaking of games, Scott, let's do time. it. It's, it's that, that time. time of the night. So what do we have here? What are we doing? Well, the theme of the week, my friends, was trade deadline. Even though it wasn't the theme of this podcast, because not a lot happened. But still, it's fun to talk about trades, especially with recent history of the Timberwolves. So many trades. Rosas. That's why it's so surprising. I can't you know? believe there's crickets learn, We're going to learn why it's so surprising with this game right now. This is a question. It's a trivia game. Questions about Timberwolves' recent trade history. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's, um, let's, uh, let's go ahead and quiz because, yeah, there's been a number of those deals, especially recently. But I'm excited to go uh, potentially further back and brush up on some of the past trade deadline deals. <laughs> All right, Neil. First question. Which of these teams, multiple choice, has Rosas not made a trade with? <laughs> a, the Miami Heat. B, the New York Knicks. C, the Philadelphia 76ers. D, the Phoenix Suns. And E, the Memphis Grizzlies. 
So this would be in his Timberwolves, his Timberwolves during, regime. During his Timberwolves regime. Uh, give me those teams again. We got the Heat, the Knicks, the Sixers, the Suns, and the Grizzlies. Ooh, 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 ooh. Huh, okay, I think, um, what was the first team you said? The Heat. The Heat, the Miami Heat. I think that's what I'm going to go with. Trying to think back, can't really think of what the deal would be. Let's go with them. Let's go with Miami Heat, lock it in. Oh, we received James Johnson from the Miami Heat last oh. trade deadline. It was a three-team trade. We ended up not sending any players to Miami specifically, but we did get James Johnson. Okay, so we traded for Ed Davis from New York. Yep. We traded uh, the the pick for for Phoenix. Yep. And uh, what were the other ones? Same deal with the Heat. It was Gorgie Jane to the Grizzlies. Yep, I remember the the, so the, the Grizzlies were that the team. So was the Knicks, the Sixers, or the Sixers. Yep. Yes, the Sixers. Okay. Actually, done two trades. For the Knicks. Yep, I see. So Sixers was uh, the Jimmy Butler trade was before his time. That's correct. Yep, yep, okay. Well, speaking of which, uh, see, the last time the Timberwolves didn't do a midseason trade was 2018-2019, mm. a.k.a. the last year before Rosas arrived. Yes. Uh, so my question was, we only tr- did one trade all season. Can you name that trade? That would be trading Jimmy Butler for, uh, for Robert Covington and Dario Saric. Uh, can, you, can you remember the whole trade? Because you're correct right there. Jimmy Butler for Dario Saric, Robert Covington, and was it a pick or was it another player? Um, hmm, I can't recall. I don't think it was another player. It must have been, it must have been a pick. Um, I don't remember what it was, though. What was it? It's both a pick and a player. Oh. Of course, we also sent Justin Patton. <laughs> to the Sixers in this trade. Yes. Uh, we received Cove, Co- Rocco, uh, Saric, Jared Bayless, <sighs> and a 2022 second-round draft pick. Look at that. That's going right. to manifest next, next year. Yeah. Ooh, can't wait. All right. <laughs> like this next 50th. one, question I crossed out because it gets a little confusing. Oh, it was the last time the Wolves traded for a first-round pick. Technically. Post on Instagram. So. Technically, yeah, I won't get into it. We'll let you do it. Anyways. You, you at home could think about that one. Right, exactly. Because uh, the thing is, does last year's draft count? Because we traded, you right. know. So it gets weird when you talk about draft day trades. Um, okay, Neil. Uh, the question is, what was the last season we did not make a trade? Can did you not make a trade deadline yeah. trade? Or? or just a trade all season? Um, Full year with no trades. So 2018, we just said there was one, yep. even though there wasn't a trade deadline. I mean, I mean, probably have to go, I mean, geez. Don't know. I would say maybe the first two. Ah, the Tibbs is maybe trading, trading some fools. Then I'll say 2014. 2014, please. Ah, when was? Unfortunately, it, it was 2017-18. Their playoff year. Oh, we went to the playoffs. The only year since David Kahn that we have not made a trade. Oh man. Yeah, I guess they just signed a bunch of people to bring everybody in there. I was no. thinking, oh, maybe there was a trade to bring in somebody, but nope. All those were signings. Jeff Teague and. Taj and and all that, I guess. All right, we got three more questions, Neil. How many Timberwolves players were traded at the deadline last year? Now, I will specify, Jeff Teague and Trevion Graham were traded a month before the trade deadline, so I'm not talking about them. Last year, on the day of the trade deadline and the day before, the Wolves made a lot of trades. Uh, how many were traded? Wow, this is tough. And you can try and name them out loud, because that's going to be am. our question. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and name them out loud. So... We moved Robert Covington. Yes. <laughs> in a deal, but I don't know if anybody else was also in that deal. Um, we also we also moved. Okay, <laughs> this is so many guys that we're moving. Yep. We moved Gorgie Jang. Yep. We moved um, 
Uh, let's see who else was moved in the in the Russell deal. Andrew Wiggins. Yep. And anybody else going there? I don't think so. I think it's just it's just the pick and Wiggins for that one. Um, let's see who else was on the move last year. Uh, was just those three? I'm trying to think. There had to be a few more. There was one player who was traded to Houston along with Rocco. Yeah. And three players who were traded to Denver. Um, was, um, okay, one of them was, um, okay, cool. Yeah, I know a couple of these. Um, Katie Bates Diop yep. was in the Denver trade. And then did, uh, um, uh, what's the point guard? Um, not, not Bayless. Nope. Now I'm thinking of Bayless, but it is uh, Shabazz Napier. That's correct. Was also there. And then who? I'm missing one more. The two players to- you're missing are two big men who never really stuck around. Signed them at the beginning of the last season. Both of them were gone by the trade. Oh, man. I am drawing a blank. Who are the big men who were moved in that deal? Gorgie and... Um, no, two more big men. Two more, Gorgie. yeah. Gorgie and... Um, I, 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 oh, oh, not just Justin Patton? Nope. <laughs> we didn't get him back to trade him again. Um, I don't know. I give up. Who uh, else are they? Jordan Bell and <sighs> Noah Vonley. Ah. So that was seven players traded at the deadline this year. Zero this year. All right, Neil, can you name our four general managers since David Kahn? Since David Kahn, the general manager. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, well, Flip Saunders. That's correct. Was he right after David Kahn? Yep, he was the one to replace Kahn. Milt Newton? That's right. That was the one I wasn't sure if you are going to get. <laughs> yeah, Milt Newton, um, Scott Layden. That's right. And uh, and Tibbs, there we go, <laughs> right? Well, I mean Rosas. Yeah, yeah. Layden Tibbs were Layden, interchangeable. Tibbs the same. Yeah. Layden had the title. Tibbs was all, you know, he didn't have it. He was Pobo, but basically running. Can't the shake. forget Milt Newton. He got a shake. Well, let's talk about Milt Newton. He made one trade during his one year as a GM. It was with Indiana. I can give you one of the two players. Is that, when he, the brought, one. Is that when we brought in Lance Stevenson? Uh, no, we okay. just signed him because he was. Out there for nothing. Did we trade? So my we, question is, who are the two Thad players Young? in the trade? With Thad Young? No, he came from the 76ers in the <laughs> uh, Andrew Wiggins-Kevin Love trade. Okay, what was your question? Who are they what? Who, and I can give you one half of this equation if yeah, you want. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking for the, the player we traded to Indiana and who we got back as Milton Newton's only trade. Malcolm Lee? Was he in this? No. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you want to know? The player we sent away or the player we got the back? The player we got back. We traded somebody for Damian Rudez. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Who did we trade away Chase for? Budinger oh, for Damian Rudez. Of course. Rudez, of the course, the one uh, cha- trade of the Milton era. Yeah, the volleyball playing Chase Budinger. Neil, I crunched some numbers here. From? From? Chase? Chase? Yeah. Is Purdue? Arizona, I think. Oh, you're right. It is Arizona. Robbie Hummel was Purdue. There you go. A different white blonde guy. (laughs) All right, so here's some stats, Neil. Rosas, GM for two seasons, technically a season and a half. He has traded 17 players, three first-round picks, and four second-round picks. Tom Thibodeau slash Scott Layden, three seasons, traded five players and one first-round pick. Milt Newton traded one player. And Flip Saunders in two seasons traded 12 players, three first-round picks, four second-round picks, and the only one who traded cash away. (laughs) Traded away cash. Nice. I like that. For those stats, I decided, just for those counting a lot at home, I decided if, like, uh, so we traded Poco 
You know his name? Pokashevsky. Pokashevsky, the alien. We traded him for Ricky Rubio and two first round draft picks. I counted that as trading a pick because I never really yeah, counted him on as on night, the team. Yeah. So when I say that he drafted, he traded third, three first round picks, that's really the Russell trade. He traded away a first round pick. He traded away the OKC Pokashevsky. I think maybe one more pick during a draft day. So, yeah. you know. It was the same thing for Flip. He traded three firsts, but one was Trey Burke for Gorgie and Shabazz. Another yeah. one was Andre Roberson for something. That's right. And then the third time was, unfortunately, the Adrian Payton trade. <laughs> Found out Kevin... Flip's, Flip's Kevin, Folly. Flip's Folly, that's right. Kevin Huerter was the result of oh, that. So Kevin Herter, yeah. Next time he's uh, he's go. beating up on the Wolves, you can be like, Flip's Folly. Flip's Folly. I missed out on Herter. Nice. All right, that does it for the podcast of this week. Good game, Scott. Now we did... That was our, that was our trade deadline content right there was... Uh, was that game but yes uh that does it for wolves cast and the trade deadlines passed the wolves stayed pat they want to see what they have on roster before this so yes seeing some little, little bit of uh you know a little bit of holding back here from uh from the front office so that's interesting after the years but we appreciate appreciate everybody listening to this podcast uh whether you find it on Candice Hoopus or on your podcast app of choice we appreciate you tuning in every single week um, yeah, learn about Terry Porter, all that kind of stuff. Um, we will be back next week with another episode of Wolves Cast. Talking about the return of Malik Beasley to the oh, Timberwolves lineup. He's back. And Let's Ru- see how he's Russell's looking. working out. So, yes, we're going to get some guys back coming coming back soon. So, hopefully, the Wolves can get a few more wins this week. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll be in Target Center seeing him very, very soon. We'll have to see about that. Neil's going to go to 90% I'll of the be games. There. I guarantee I'll be Neil's going to be at so many of those games. That'll be at one or two. Follow us at Wolvescast, at Wolvescast Pod on Instagram. And just check out Canis Hoopus. They're a great website. They're creating awesome stuff. And we post our podcast there once a week. So check it out. Thanks for following us. Stay safe. Get those vaccines. And until next time, everybody. Remember, next time you're at the grocery store, your your favorite liquor store of choice, look for a six-pack of the Terry Porter. Jim, I can't tell. Is his jersey tucked in? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. His, his jersey's not tucked, man. That needs to be a delayed game. <laughs> <laughs>